Hey, and welcome to For the Podcast. This is episode 45. I'm Michael, as always, here with my good friends, Jason and Will. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. Sounding a little sick there. Uh, yeah, so, excuse. well, there won't be any coughs, right? Because they'll be edited out. <laughs> well, you can also, you mean you're going to use the, uh, the mute switch? <laughs> it begins. Thanks. You're not even the sick one. <laughs> Um, so we, we took last week off, but I think we're going to get back on the, uh, habit of trying to record every week. Um, do we have any follow-up this week? Well, did you have a question? <laughs> Actually, I wanted to know, uh, question for each of you. Mike, are you still playing Zelda? And Jason, are you still playing Horizon Zero Dawn? Does Jason even start Horizon Zero Dawn? Oh, we'll get to that. Save it for <laughs> okay. the podcast. Oh, oops. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Mike. Um, Short answer, yes. Um, long answer, I haven't progressed further along in like trying to take down Ganon. Um, but I've been like just looking for shrines to complete, uh, like gathering materials, um, just being like a like link is like a scavenger right now. Um, and I have I have a flight this weekend. So I was planning on like finding all these shrines and then, saving them so i have like a whole bunch of like little puzzles to do while i'm on the plane to pass the time for three hours uh just a link's mystery tour like throughout hyrule (laughs) hey so calamity ganon you know he can wait he's been there and he's been hanging out for a while circling the castle princess zelda's holding down the fort so you know i figure just uh run around chop some grass and uh collect (laughs) collect some uh collect some mushrooms and and uh, you know, shoot some like deer. So it's pretty fun. And then go exploring for. Oh, and I've been doing a lot of bowling because I need to make a lot of money. So oh, it's snow. It's snow bowling or snowling. So wait, I've wait, been doing wait. a lot of that. What is that? It's like a mini game. Explain this. Okay, so I like in any Zelda game. There's always like a you know, there's like an archery mini game or something where you can like uh, get rupees. So there's no in this game. You know, usually you have to like upgrade your wallet. Um, to be able to hold whatever, but to hold rupees. But there's no limit right now. Well, I haven't hit it, so it's probably like pretty high. Um, and then there's these mini games you can do. I think there's a golfing mini game um, where it uses like the physics engine, and then you can kind of like uh, like hit you know hit a like a rock, and then it like flies over, and it's there's kind of like a little mini golf course kind of thing, um, and you can just hit it into this hole. And there's also a bowling one where they just have like a snowball. You carry it, and you can either chuck it or drop it down the hill, and the hill is kind of like, you know, kind of uneven. So it goes down, and then it hits these pins at the bottom. Um, Each try costs, like, however much, 20 rupees or something, and then you can win up to 300 if you get a strike. Um, There's also, like, a climbing minigame and, like, the Goron thing, Um, and there's just straight-up gambling in this, like, like, beach area where you can just go and... It's like the standard pick a chest, and then one of them has like 300 rupees, and one of them has like 100, and one of them has like one. Okay, so. aka the worst like Zelda game, because I remember that in Link to the Past. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, here's an arrow, or here's your one rupee. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yep. Oh, God. So <laughs> basically, for me, I found that uh, I found kind of the sweet spot for bowling, and then to upgrade like your armor and stuff, you need to. I don't know. I don't think it's spoilers, right? But. Um, this time around, the great fairy fountains are used to upgrade, uh, your armor. Like they'll like, there's fairies around there that you can collect to heal you, but they, uh, they need a lot of money. So the first one you find like requires like a hundred rupees before you like, before she'll like open up shop. The next one requires like, I don't know, 500. The next one requires like a thousand. And the next one, the last one I think requires like 10,000 rupees. So I've been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of snowling and, uh, I don't know how this guy has so much money, but. I'm winning it all. So there is no Affordable Care Act in Hyrule, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope, there's not. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's still fun, but I wanted to take a break. I got to a part in the story where it's like, I don't want to do what I think is coming up next. Um, so that's kind of how I got sidetracked. And then so I've just been, yeah, I figured I would save that for after my trip. I would like gain all these like hearts and stamina i've been trying to like upgrade my stamina meter because i've been watching some people play and they have like three bars of stamina and they're just like running around it just looks like a blast 
Um, and so every four shrines you do, you get a heart container or a stamina upgrade. And each stamina upgrade is one fifth of your wheel. Um, and then there's like a there's like another uh, like a statue that you can exchange hearts for stamina. So if you decided incorrectly, there's like a very small rupee penalty. I think it's like twenty rupees to change back and forth, but you can do it like interchangeably. Uh, or like as many times as you want. So you can change it all to stamina and start and just like have the three hearts that you started with, um, or you can like go all all hearts. So like let's say, you know, in the end I'm ready to face Ganon. Maybe I don't need stamina at all. Maybe I just need hearts, you know. And I like I get like destroyed the first time. Then I can like move all my stamina over to hearts, and then after I beat him, I can change it back and rebalance it. So that's been pretty cool. That's pretty neat. Sounds like you can t- turn like ninja link into like the rock and just go toe to toe with ganon at the yeah it's like go ahead hit me yeah yeah (laughs) so it's there's there's a lot to do it's like basically i think i was listening to do you guys remember like uh pear schneider from like ign 64 no yeah Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he's he's still at IGN. He's like the guy, right? But um, he does like the podcast Nintendo voice chat. I guess that's one I've been listening to. And he said like like Zelda is basically like it's like just building up the confidence to take on Ganon, and like that's what all the shrines are. Like as soon as you like collect enough of those like hearts and stamina wheel upgrades and whatever you think, like because you could just go and march from the you know when you wake up and then go take on Ganon. But, you know, most of us can't do that. So it's basically like, you know, collecting confidence or collecting like little upgrades here and there until you're ready. And then whenever you're ready, you can just stop playing like the little like side stuff and just go straight for um, straight for Ganon. It's kind of like that. Like, I don't think I'm ready yet. Um, so I'm just kind of, you know, doing stuff on the side. Are you at the point where you're going to take on Ganon and that's the thing that you don't want to do quite yet? Or... Is there something else? No, so there's like... Um, you don't need to spoil the uh, the plot, but like, is it because like the, the next thing is something that you dread because you think it's going to be too difficult or uh, just going to take a It's not time? like a game mechanic that I'm fond of in Zelda games. Oh, so you think it's going to be tedious? Yeah. Is it yeah. a water palace? <laughs> uh, no, it's I, it's... I think it's stealth. And, and I, I don't like... I don't like stealth. Um, I'd rather just go and, uh, you know... Just destroy things. So if you think so, you become more powerful, then do you not have to do stealth and you can just power through? Yeah, like I think if, you know, let's say like the alarm goes off or something and like they reinforce, then it doesn't matter. I'll just, I'll destroy you. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So that's the part I just like. It's not like I think it'll be difficult. I just don't like like the style. I don't remember like in, where was it? Um, was it 64? Ocarina of Time where you're at the castle trying to avoid the guards. And like the little like uh, like the hedge maze kind of thing. Oh, and the instant fail. <laughs> yeah, and then you get hear the whistle. It's like eh, come back. And oh you like yeah, start yeah, yeah. I actually like, played ah. that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was so annoying. Yeah. So not looking for. I don't know if it's changed. Like I don't know if the mechanics are any different, but I just don't want to do it yet. So I've just been doing everything else except that. Gotcha. Um, oh, and then there's uh, oh, sorry, one more thing. Yep. Um, I've been using like the um, amiibo, and it's been pretty cool. So I don't know if I did. I talk. I haven't talked about the amiibo, right? No, not for no. Uh, Zelda. Okay. So there's like uh, you don't need it, you don't need the amiibo, but I mean, if you're a Zelda fan, you need the amiibo because they have all these like costumes, like the Twilight Princess. Uh, well, there's the like the Wolf Link who will be like a companion for you and then depending on however many hearts you earned in like one of these like caves uh for like the twilight princess remake um that wolf link will like carry over that number of hearts um and you can like instance him as many times as you want but if he like runs out of hearts for that day you can't use him again until the next day but it's you can't you can't take him i don't think into the main like boss areas um but like anywhere in the overworld, you can pretty much bring him in and just have him like run around with you and try to like he'll kill he'll kill stuff and uh, and just like you know he'll eat your food. You can like make him stop doing that. But um, also, if you have like the the Wind Waker Link, um, you get like different um, costume sets, which are basically the costume like or like the outfits that those Links wore. So there's like the the outfit like of time, which is like the '64 one. There's like the um, like of the wind, like, which is the wind waker one. Um, so it's pretty cool. Cause they, 
it's not like a guaranteed drop, but every day you can scan the amiibo and has a chance to drop like either the like the the head, the headpiece, the chest, um, and the legs. So it's uh it's pretty cool. And it's not something that's needed. It drops like food and stuff too. Like uh like you can get you can get helpful stuff that you would need to like for your recipes. But it's it's not stuff that's like so hard to find that you can't like you know, you need to buy these to get it. So it's like a nice bonus for people that have it. Okay. So it's a nice bonus, but it's not a game breaker. Right, right. But you can't get like you can't get the armor or like, you know, the look of like the other links unless you buy these. But like, Okay, def- but th- those seem to be like mostly cosmetic or they do have some bonuses, but they're not like you should really get like the Wind Waker one to travel. Really right, right. He can't like you can't sail faster if you if you use his outfit or anything. Yeah, there's no like there's no set bonuses for it. So yeah, it's just purely cosmetic. So it's nice. That's cool. So do you have them all, or do you have like all the like various different? Amiibo? Yeah, I think I have all the all the Zelda ones, and then the um, the Smash Brothers link gives you Epona, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. For those of you who don't remember, that's the horse that Link is written way back in the day. But yeah. enough about Zelda. I want to talk about that real game where you hunt dinosaurs. <laughs> Horizon okay. Zero Dawn. Uh, yeah. So yes, Mike, I have been playing. I did start. I'm actually uh, probably about 25 hours in. So I spent a decent amount of time. Oh, wow. Playing. Yeah. Um, it's actually Excuse very similar me. to you. So I actually, uh, I'm decently far along in the story, maybe a little more than halfway in. But probably for the past five to ten hours, I've kind of been just doing side quests and uh, just doing other missions, not advancing the story and kind of trying to gain levels so I can unlock different skill points and like different abilities and also like, you know, getting better stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So so kind of similar, but not because of like any next thing in the story is going to be like tedious or or too difficult. Um, Although... There was like a, probably a, a two-hour section where I was just playing the game and just getting my ass handed to me, and I couldn't figure it out, and like I just could not beat anything, and I was just like trying like different side missions, like lower, like I would be like level twenty, and I was doing a mission that's like level twelve, and I was still like not being able to kill any of the dinosaurs, or it would be very difficult, and then I realized that somehow the settings went to hard mode. <laughs> And I was like, oh, and so then I switched it back to normal, and then like it was back to normal. But they um, somehow it got switched. <laughs> oh, I didn't do it, right? Like, I mean, I don't think Karen did it. So I, I have no. Maybe like the game was paused, and like I don't know. Somehow the the joystick turned to the right or something. I don't know. But it was um, Mimi sabotaging. <laughs> she likes to see me die. So uh, I mean, I really enjoy the game clearly because I'm, I'm spending most of my free time that I am able to play I try to put in some hours into uh, the game which hasn't happened in a while um, and Will what, what do you think like how far into the story are you and like what do you think about the game so far full disclosure you're ahead of me on the story oh wow uh, I've been oh, doing wow. the same thing that you're doing oh yeah that's right we talked about this I've story. got a certain reason why starting today Horizon Zero Dawn is going to take a back better but let's get into that later uh, but I've been doing what you've been doing, trying to avoid the main storyline and just do side quests because the world is pretty fun. And this is a game where I feel like it is 100% completable on the first run. Um, yeah. So I think this may actually get, dare I say it, uh, returned uh, or traded in after I'm done with it. Uh, because once I've seen this whole entire world, I think I've done it all. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, what do you think about the combat? Like, I just think, uh, I'm not sure what it is about this game, but the combat is, like, just the right level of um, difficult, like, challenging and, like, really intense. Like, sometimes when you're fighting, like, several dinosaurs and one really big dinosaur, like, I'm just constantly trying to, like, run away and, like, really plan out what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to stun it with, like, these trip wires, or I'm going to, you know, use these things and shoot this part of the dinosaur to knock off some armor, and then I'll do, the, you know, like, use some elemental, like, fire arrows or, like, the, uh, you know, like, the hard point arrows. Like, it's it's pretty strategic. You know, you're kind of, like, surveying the scene before you get there. You're like, oh, I'm going to try to, like, lure this guy out and take him out, and then I'm going to do this. And it just seems, like, really, really fun. Really fun combat. Well, 
It is because uh, the way that the game is designed to be approached is taking that tactical uh, type of planning and procedural, like because each dinosaur has its own different weak points. Uh, because you could theoretically just roll and attack it every dinosaur with your spear. And yes, you would be able to win, but it would be like a waste of resources, a waste of ammunition, and it would be flat out boring. Uh, I think they took this approach to say, hey, you have to attack this dinosaur this way, this dinosaur that way, because each of these enemies that you encounter in the world have like specific weak points that you can exploit readily, like really easily. Uh, so I think the the fact that every comp, every encounter you have is a little puzzle adds to the enjoyment of the pl- of you playing because to mix it up, what they'll do is say, instead of just having one scenario where it's like four of the same specific type of dinosaur, there could be the one large one, like you said earlier, Jason, with several smaller ones around uh, in the same area. So on one hand, I think, great, that's amazing. But I think eventually you will get to the point where, all right, I already know how to solve every single encounter that could I could be faced with right now so the challenge is there but it's not as exciting as it was the first time which is the fatigue i'm slowly starting to run into so i may switch up my entire philosophy of doing all the side stuff (laughs) and just plow through it because i'm like all right i'm good i'm done Uh, yeah because i'm too old to be searching for just playstation trophies yeah (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm about ready to uh, advance the story, too. So, I mean, but it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I mean, Mike, if you don't have the game, you should probably pick it up. Uh, it's definitely worth a playthrough. Uh, yeah. Like, it's really beautiful, especially if you have, like, the 4K TV and HDR. Uh, it looks really nice. Um, and the combat is just a lot of fun. Uh, like, I like that you can slow down time. And then, like, sometimes you see these ginormous dinosaurs just, like, lunge at you. And you're, it's just kind of like, like, oh, no, I need to get out of the way. And, like, it's very cinematic. It's just really well done. It's extremely cinematic if you die, too, because some of the larger dinosaurs have one-hit kill-like animations. So if you do not dodge those specific attacks, you die in a nice, uh, slow-motion, sad manner. I've actually never seen that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I died plenty it's of times, possible. but it's like possible. not in like the uh, slow motion. Like, uh, but oh yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Okay, well, so uh, what what's the new game that you've been uh, starting to play? I guess yeah, like I guess the real reason why Horizon is taking a back seat is because Destiny it's... Age of Triumph. No, no, <laughs> no. Actually, no. okay. Before we move into your thing. A quick, a quick note about Destiny. Um, this is not in the show notes. Sorry, guys. But I think we were maybe just taken off the. Maybe show we were just texting each other about whether or not we were going to play. Right? I think Jason, you asked, and I said no way. You, you're talking about like the expansion to Destiny One, right? Not Destiny Two. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. the very last part of Destiny One, like the final send off. Right. Okay. I said no, but I played last week. What? Shame. Um, Shame. You were there, Shame. William. You oh, wait, Will there, played William. You? <laughs> yes. Oh. He was there. <laughs> I didn't play. Oh, it's off my hard drive, though. Wait, you deleted it now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's after? Off my hard drive. Oh, yeah. A- after we played? Yep, it's gone. Why? Uh, It's Persona 5 day, man. Okay, because here's, here's what I was going to say. I was going to say I realized it's not about, like, Destiny. But it's about like talking to people and just like talking to like your friends, and like it's really about the like, camaraderie. So that's what I really enjoy. And <laughs> Clearly, then, Will really enjoyed like, that I too. He deleted it. <laughs> I was like, nope, nope, you're not gonna, you're not gonna sucker me into this for a bunch of stuff that's going to be completely meaningless on think, September. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't think I'm gonna like farm for you know every piece of armor and every gun, but it it was fun to play through like the redone raid last week and it'll be fun to play through vault of glass this week but i think after i i'm not trying to complete the there's like a like a record book which you know you have to like do all these things and then you can like get the ability to buy a shirt um i don't i don't really care about that so 
I but guess I my do, biggest issue with it is the fact that I would have to grind to get up to that light level so I can replay the remastered like old content. And I'm like, I'm sorry, my time's worth too much for this. Yeah, that's true. Like if you're not like kind of near where you need to be, yeah, you do need to, I guess, put in a little time. Like I had saved up so much like material and like engrams and stuff that, you know, I was able to kind of you know, spend all that since I know it's not coming back anyways. Well, I hope it's not coming back anyways. So I was able to, like, you know, blow all my money and, you know, all my engrams and, you know, upgrade my stuff pretty easily. But, yeah, no, I, I get it. That's true. But we're, we're there to help you through the grind, Will. But anyways, okay. So once you beat this or once you play through this game, maybe you'll come back. Let's talk about it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So Persona 5, um, I've been waiting for this game for a long time. Can you tell people who are not p- familiar with per- the Persona series what is so great or what Persona is about? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about Jungian philosophy. <laughs> uh, okay, actually, that actually has something to do with it. Like, in fact, Persona 4 Golden gives you a high-level, like, like cloud, cloud-based like discussion of what a Persona is and what a shadow is based off of the writings of Carl Jung. Um, however, you don't need to know any of that. All you have to know is Persona 5 is a cool, slick-looking uh, JRPG that plays a whole lot faster than a JRPG, but still has the annoying challenge that a JRPG could give. And they luckily have a... Uh, ridiculously easy mode that's like hey if you lost don't worry you just restart this again uh versus the old traditional oh you you died in a dungeon uh you're just gonna have to play that last like 45 to two hour slot of time again um so it has all the modern trappings of a next generation game but it still has that old sense of challenge and wonder that you had when you played like an early Final Fantasy, or actually an earlier uh, Persona uh, game. Is this a game where if I haven't played Personas 1 through 4, I'm going to be like, what's going on? Or is it something like, do they even do like little nods to previous Personas, or is it the same characters? There are some nods to previous Personas, but you would never... It doesn't matter to you. If you are new to the series, you'll be fine to just like walk in on this and be like, all right, okay, cool. I'm playing this game. I guess this is what's going on. You're explaining everything to me. All right, cool. Let's just do this. So it's unlike, like I would say, uh, you couldn't have jumped into Persona 3 without knowing what had happened, how how Persona works. Uh, 4 tried to do a pretty good job as like an intro, but this one you could just go in cold and just be like, okay, this is how this world works. Pretty neat. And, I mean, everything about this, like the detailing and the style of the animation, because, wow, uh, the gra- graphically, uh, this game really has its own, like, sense of style. It's unlike any other game that I've played, especially an RPG. The way that it comes about how it wants to present its battle system is really unique. Um, okay, wait. I had a question. Uh, wait, Let's hasn't it been a long time? Hasn't it been a long time since like the last Persona was out? Uh, yeah, because there was Persona Four, and then they remixed it and called it Persona Four Golden, and then there were a couple of dance games uh, based off of the <laughs> Persona universe. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I remember because game. last, I think last year at E3, they're giving away these huge like like bags that you wear on your back, like a backpack kind of, but it's like <laughs> wait, an open bag. Explain these bags that you wear on your back, Mike. What, <laughs> what, what could those possibly be? It's not a backpack, man. <laughs> okay, it's, okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, it was like, it was dancing all night, right? Is that what it was that came out? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like there's so many people wearing, like there's like a long line to get these like, uh, to get these backpacks. <laughs> I mean. Bags that you wear on your back. Packs that you wear on your okay. back. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that was, like, maybe the first time I heard about Persona was, like, at last year's E3. Like, I'm sure I, I was, like, aware of it, but 
I never like podcast liked... is over. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Wait, Jason, did you did you follow the Persona series? No, I, I never even heard of it until um, there were some Polygon articles talking about how this could be the year that Persona like breaks through and like becomes like a mainstream hit. Um, but other than that, I did not know what it was. Well, see, there you go. There's someone even worse than me, Will. <laughs> well, guess what? It's going to be a breakthrough hit, so everyone buy the game. Done. Okay. Okay, so wait, what's this What's this persona about? Okay, all right. Uh, so let's try to... Man, how do I say this without giving away, like, all the... Uh, pretty much you... It's part RPG dungeon crawler, part relationship management slash dating sim and it's all within a it all it all has like a specific time-based element think of like majora's mask so you're always given like a limited amount of like days that you can do something um in this case in persona 5 it's to try to figure out who betrayed you um but I can't go into any deeper details than, than that because it's a clear spoiler. Um, so that's generally the gist of the entire like persona like series uh, from a vague like, hey, <laughs> you're always a high schooler. You're always trying to like do something within this limited amount of time that involves uh fighting alongside your classmates who may or may not survive through the game, depending on your actions that you have uh, that you take during the actual like campaign. Like it kind of has, it's a little, it's way more complex than fire emblem, but there are chances that the people who you spend your time with may not survive based off of the actions that you take or uh, mistakes you make during the campaign. Interesting. Yeah, I know. That's why you should play it. I mean, I want to. I think the last, maybe only Atlas game I played was Catherine. Did you guys play oh. that? <laughs> no. Yes. I mean, I thought that was, I really enjoyed that game. Did you, uh, how many endings did you end up getting? Did you? I think I did two. Really I don't good? think I got, I don't think I got the really good one. I did not get the really good one. Yeah, I got, I a, well. I got a really, I got a really good one with Catherine with a C. Uh, Wait, is that the blonde one or the brunette? Yeah, the blonde one. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Uh-huh. Which technically is not a good ending. Right, right, right. But should who not cares be about? Bag. Yeah, you should not be a dirtbag. This That's game okay. looks really scandalous. <laughs> Persona or Catherine? Catherine. I think it was free on Xbox Live Gold or something. Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just like searching Catherine Atlas uh, game, and I went to images, and uh, the images are... Uh, what kind of game is it? There, there's not like even one gameplay image. It's just like all like fan art or like uh, other... Do you have safe search? Uh, uh, yeah, I was about to say. Like, safe, what kind of... safe search is... Uh, okay, it was not on. <laughs> Maybe that's uh, next week you'll hear Jason's review of Catherine. <laughs> yeah, Jason's like, this looks like the best game ever. <laughs> uh, it's like a puzzle game, but with like, you know, there's like a story story element to it. That's it. But it was pretty fun. Like it was like this. It was a good story. <laughs> you played it for the story, Mike. I played, played it for the story. <laughs> Just read it for the yeah, articles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I like reading the text. So wait, are you saying Persona Five is like Catherine? No, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Wait, so yes, how long it's great. how long of a game is persona 5 supposed to be is it like a 50 hour well, game or is it like yeah a- it's going to be a 50 hour game in fact uh some places like i think was it polygon or kotaku said here's what you should do during your first 10 to 20 hours oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually um heard jeff kanada talking about it and he said he's only about two hours in and for the first two hours he's pretty much just hitting the x button to uh skip to the next, you know, like, whatever it is, like, just interact with the dialogue and advance the story, but he's not actually done anything yet. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's just, like, every RPG that, like, ever existed since since uh, voice acting was introduced 
into RPGs. But so is that the whole game? Like you're pretty much just hitting X a bunch and then like uh... no, okay, no, that's <laughs> the whole game. Just the first no, two hours, not. Jason. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it is not. In fact, uh, the approach to combat, uh, the system that it's created is really unique. If you find an enemy's weak point and you attack that weak point, uh, you will get a chance to attack again. So literally, you can eliminate every fight without being hit if you were that good. Uh, conversely, the combat system works in the opponent's favor too. So you could run against a boss or enemy that can wipe you out in one turn as well. Uh, so there is some, there's a lot of combat involved. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying like if the boss finds out your weak point, then he can wipe you out in one hit? Uh, no, he would just wipe you out in in consecutive hits, but you would not have a chance to like fight back. So you have to pretty much like be good at all things, which a lot of times in an RPG, you don't have to be, you could always, you can try to min max and be like, okay, this will brute force my way through versus this system prevents you from doing so. But if you were to like, Say you played against a be good at everything. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Say you have a weak point and you and you fight against the boss. Will he find the weak point every time, or is it random? Like, oh, sometimes he'll find it and you'll die really quickly, or sometimes he won't find it and then you'll be able to. Like, it depends the boss. on the boss. Certain bosses uh, use specific abilities. Oh, okay, gotcha. You can find out the hard way. Gotcha. Cool. Well, I mean, play some more and uh, let us know next week in follow up. Like, what what do you think? It's great. Buy the game. That's what I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the decision is made. Um, there's a there's a link on I'll put in the show notes um, on Polygon. It says what you need to know about Persona 5 if you've never played a Persona game. That's for me. Yep, me too. Okay. Uh, one last thing real quick. Uh, there's uh, some Apple news today. Um, what time did this news come out? Like relatively early, right? I think like I was awake and I saw like Gruber post at like maybe eight in the morning. Okay, because Karen actually had a really early flight this morning and she woke up at like four forty-five. So I woke up and I checked my and I just randomly checked. Yeah, people were posting about like this new Mac Pro at like five in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I think it was maybe right around that time. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Anyways, so um, Apple announced a kind of quasi-announced. a new Mac Pro, but they didn't announce any details or you know any specs or anything like that. They didn't show it off, but they're basically kind of uh, held a private event for select journalists yesterday, I think, uh, John Gruber being one of them. And um, the big takeaway, I guess, is that they are working on a new Mac Pro, but it's not coming anytime this year, right? Right. Um, Mike, you said that you were interested in a Mac Pro, I think, a couple weeks ago. I think I think the last episode, right? Yeah, two weeks ago. Uh huh. So I mean, like, were you excited to hear this? Yeah, I mean, kind of. I have to wait, who knows how long, but at least I know that it's coming at some point. Like, I can start saving. I bet if I save, I don't even know. I was gonna say if I save a dollar every day from now until that probably wouldn't mm. be enough. But you, uh, mean, you mean like three hundred dollars? That's well, probably not there's enough. No. no guarantee it's coming out next year. Maybe if you save like a dollar every hour. <laughs> well, okay, that would definitely be Didn't enough. Didn't they uh, bump up the specs of the current trash can as well? I think what they did was that's what people they, said. They did a I think price they did drop. Was, I think they right. moved everything down. Yeah. So yeah. So they moved everything down so that like now you don't have to pay as much for the base model. Like or like the, the base model is the same price, but you get you get like the upgraded specs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pay the same price and you get what was before, like the middle range. And then the the high end one, the thirty nine ninety nine one, I think has what was like before it was like like build to order, like an eight core one. So I mean I think a couple of things to mention is that so they said that the next Mac Pro is going to be like a, a totally rethought Mac Pro and uh, it's going to have a modular system, right? So I mean Oh, you mean like every Mac Pro before this one? Yeah, well, so, I mean, I think that, you know, for me, I'm not interested in the Mac Pro. I, I'm glad that they announced it. You know, it's kind of big news. But um, 
I'm not going to get one, so it doesn't really matter to me. But I think what's kind of interesting about it is that they kind of, you know, admitted that this trash can Mac Pro where they were like, you know, can't innovate my ass, right? Like they kind of backed themselves into a corner, right? Which is kind of interesting where they made this really small enclosure. And I guess what what people are deciphering is that the problem was that uh, the the thermals in the system just didn't work out because they maybe planned on having like dual GPUs uh, and instead like if you have one high core GPU that it requires too much or it disperses too much heat. And yeah. So like this yeah. co- this case can't handle it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's uh I don't know. I mean it's when do you think they figure this out? Because this is something that they couldn't they wouldn't pin down, right? Yeah, so I mean, I think that a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned, I, I thought that they would have a new Mac Pro this year, and I thought that they were like already hard at work, and maybe there were some delays in Intel chips, and for whatever reason, they couldn't get it out last year. Mm-hmm. But now I think that this is something that they only recently started doing. Like, so on the one hand, it's kind of like, well, that's kind of crazy, right? Like, the, they originally, I think, planned on not updating the Mac Pro, but there was just so much outrage that. Uh, they decided to, to like change their mind and, and start working on it. And maybe that's why it's not due until sometime next year. It, they didn't even say early next year. They just said sometime. Or they, 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 didn't they only year, said actually. not this year. Not this year, right? Yeah. So I could so, save a dollar a day and still be okay. In like that's 10 true. Years. years. Yeah. <laughs> this is still like crazy. I mean, this is... It's ridiculous. Like hearing all the excuses, like, "Well, we couldn't figure out cooling. We couldn't figure out this. We couldn't figure it out that." And it's like, "Come on, just get it together." I mean, water cooled, high end workstation computers are being created by like tons of boutique manufacturers and even like big box PC majors. Apple, you may not want to put it in a beautiful form factor, but put something out there. I mean, this is yeah. pretty like embarrassing, especially since the high end. Hey, we're still using that DDR3 RAM. Well, I mean, so I think Gruber's article talked about how he kind of credited them for like, oh, they can acknowledge when they've made a mistake or, or but I feel like that's the pro, that's how they got into this mess, right? Is that like it took them too long to acknowledge that they made a mistake and it was only when they were yeah, pretty much backed into a corner of like everyone was complaining. Is not yeah. is not <laughs> that is not a like a valid like, oh yeah, we realized we made the mistake. That that's like saying if you were like the captain of the Titanic, oh hey guys, we realized <laughs> yeah, we yeah. just made a mistake. Oops. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like they, I'm beginning to think that they only recently started to decide to do this, and that's why it's going to take so long. I think they listened to our last episode two weeks ago because, I mean, after we <laughs> talked about the last Mac Pro update, what happens two weeks yeah. later? We get this. So, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I think someone at Apple realized, oh, yeah, that's right. We still make computers too. Yeah. Huh? What's the worst podcast with the lowest ratings on <laughs> iTunes? And then they listen to it and they're like, oh, Wait, those guys want a new Mac Pro. They're like, that is a great idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just like, oh, and I think more big news is that there'll be like a matching Pro display. Oh, yeah. When, no, that's probably when yeah, there I'm was actually maybe that. when there was maybe thoughts that, uh, you know, they were getting out of the display business, just like they're kind of getting out of, you know, making wireless routers. Um, I can't wait to see the markup on this because this is going to be... Oh, it'll I don't be expensive. This well, I don't know. Like the Thunderbolt laughable. display was like a thousand dollars, which I don't think yeah. was like uh, you know only the only one that I remember being really crazily priced was that thirty inch one. Do you remember that? Like the thirty inch like aluminum cinema display. Yep. I yeah, think that which, one was like outrageous. Let me see. I mean, well, I mean the LG one is what like thirteen hundred, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or fifteen hundred, thirteen hundred. I don't remember what the like the actual price is after they got rid of the discount. Um, I think it was thirteen hundred or something like that. Or, yeah, and, then, and so it'll be more than that. I mean, I guess given that it won't come out till next year, maybe by then prices will come down and they can hit thirteen hundred, which wouldn't be unreasonable. Yeah, or if they do like fifteen hundred, I think that would be you know, even yeah. with pricing going down and then you know the Apple markup, the Apple tax that we all pay. Yeah, yeah I could see fifteen hundred and and not being like super outrageous. So you mentioned that like the rumor was, or like Nilay Patel had a, like a tweet saying that he spoke to Apple and they confirmed to him that they were out of the external display game, right? 
Yeah. Um, and now clearly they are back in. Do you think it has something to do with the LG display, um, like not doing well against you know like not not being well received? I guess. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Because did you read like the um, ATP tipster? What did he say? So he's he's like a guy that is a. Uh, I don't know. He must have some connection to Apple and he like, you know, he helps out this other podcast um, that no one really listens to. Accidental tech podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think around the time that that Neelai posted that he said that there was like a or he thinks he thinks that the uh, the LG display has like a lot of the Apple components or like Apple was making a display and either he was surprised that they didn't end up releasing it. So I'm not sure if this is part of that or, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to find the tweet right now while I talk, which is not not like yeah. So so you think listening. so? I mean, do you think that the LG display is what was the Apple display and they rebranded it LG because Apple wanted out of the game, or you think that there always was a separate Apple display and for some reason they decided not to go with it, and you know, it probably wasn't up to. Oh, here's what he said. It's probably not up to Apple snuff, so they decided to keep at keep it as it was uh, intended, but just have the LG branding on it. Probably couldn't justify the higher markup. Yeah, here's what he said on October 27th, 2016. He said, I wouldn't buy that monitor, referring to the LG hint, hint. And then he said... I don't want to say anything yet, but anyone who buys that LG 5K monitor and doesn't mind taking risks should open it up. The innards might be interesting. Here's what I suspect. The LG display is an LG branded version of the Apple 5K cinema display. I, I feel like people would have maybe opened it up by now, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's happened. So, but anyways, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, this was their... Maybe, like, Apple was just like, screw it, we're out. LG, like, you know, support our customers. You can have this. Just, you know, release it and support it yourselves. And then we'll give you the tech. And then, yeah, I think maybe with all, like, the screw-ups, they're like, you know, screw it, we're back. You know, I think they probably came to the same realization. Like, you know, the pro customers don't want to have, like, they didn't realize the backlash they would get, right? Like, you don't want to, like, buy this really beautiful like Mac and then have it sit next to this plastic bezeled LG, you know, it's like part of the appeal of getting like the Mac pro was getting like that matching display that goes with it. And your desk looks so nice. And I think that might be why people have been like going for the iMac instead of like the Mac pro, like as the iMac has, you know, gone up a little bit in like power, it's still not powerful enough for people that really need to like, you know, max, max use the, the Mac pro, but you know, for people that, like care about what they look like. What are your options? Like LG, and you know, you run, you run like a whole bunch of cords between that and the. Well, I guess you just run that one USB C cord, but you know, it just doesn't look as nice. And so, well, and if it's not going to look Apple as nice, care about that. If it's not going to look as nice, you might as well save some money and buy that like Dell 4K for a whole lot cheaper, and just slap a couple of those side by side if you're already going to have a bezel. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly. What I, have. Mm-hmm. I have the Dell 4K. I mean, so the other thing they announced today was that. Uh, even though the Mac Pros are in, and the Apple Display are not coming out till, or not coming out this year, I guess uh, they are working on new iMacs, including options that will they hope address the Pro market to some degree, and those are coming this year, right? So yeah. that, there's always rumors of like an iMac Pro, right? Like a like a higher end iMac. Uh, I feel like they probably were aiming to get rid of the Mac Pro and just say, like, we'll just go all iMac Pro and, like, just everyone will use an iMac. And then the backlash was so bad that they, yeah, they decided, well, I guess we have to do something here. And so they, you know, the the good news is that they actually are listening, right? Like, maybe you can criticize them for taking too long or, you know, not coming to this conclusion earlier. But, I mean, at least, you know, they're listening. They're trying, right? So That's true, that's yeah. Good. And then they said that the Mac Pro share, like, of the all Mac sales is in single digits, right? And I think both Gruber and like Matt Panzerino said that they believe it's like closer to one than to nine percent. Right? No, that makes sense. Yeah, but is that yeah, like because be- it's a is that before? It's is that before? Off. Is that like with this Mac Pro, or is that like before oh. with like Mac Pros? Because of course, who's gonna buy a Mac Pro right now? 
Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's a combination of both. But, yeah. I mean, in general... Oh, 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 hold on. I would say back, if you take a look at the Mac user base traditionally, back in the old G5 tower days, I would say the power uh, side... The, the segment would have been a, a whole lot, a larger swath of all the Mac users out there. I think but so too. Yeah. There was this tr- big transition to, you know, laptops, uh, which, I mean, you have to really think about, it's like, who's really going to go out there and buy a desktop uh, nowadays? I mean, everyone wants to go all in on getting laptops as powerful as they can, but that's not Apple's game because I don't see them making desktop replacement laptops anymore though i'd like to see them do so hello please bring back my 17 inch i think that they have to maintain like the pro line because they're not playing that desktop replacement game so it's going to be a small tiny percentage because they've really gone all in on laptops i mean how old are the imacs i mean i think that's that's normal though right like i mean i think that like the Mac Pro share has decreased because, you know, obviously it helps that the current Mac Pro is so crappy. But, like, um, I mean, like, if you look at pro photographers, right, or pro cameras, right, like, there were a lot of pro cameras, and, and now there are just a lot of, like, really good prosumer cameras, and, like, you don't really need, you know, super buff, really huge pro cameras because, like, the average person, even some pros, can be satisfied with uh, just lower model you know it's still really high quality like really expensive cameras but they don't need to be like thirty thousand dollar cameras or ten thousand dollar cameras right so i mean the same thing with with desktops like you don't not everyone needs a mac pro some people do but a lot of people can get a lot of work done on a laptop or an imac so i I don't know like i think that I, i believe them that there aren't that many people that need a mac pro yeah okay my question will for you is do you think they're going to keep using like the Z online or do you think they'll do something like, you know, like the enthusiast high end, like I seven, like 7,700 K kind of thing? Well, they're going to keep with the Z online. I do not see Apple opening up, you know, for overclockers. <laughs> I do not see that. As right. Something that would be in the Apple playbook. Uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> Zeons. Yeah, it's gonna be Xeons. We're not gonna get we're not gonna get unlocked editions i7s anytime soon. <laughs> when they say modular, do you think that they mean like user modifiable like modular systems or like um, like that Apple can swap things out and upgrade the parts? I think user modular. I would say user for Pro because Pros want to be able to do that and just buy their own components and swap them in, which is like always swap out a video card. Yeah, which has always been a big issue with um, Macs, but it hasn't been as much with, given the recent, (laughs) what are our options? (laughs) Yeah. Not that many to choose from. Even though, on the other hand, video card uh, manufacturers have been really nice with their Mac support. So driver-like support is on par, pretty much close to on par with uh, PC driver support when it comes to video cards. Hmm. So if you, if the Mac Pro, like the trash can one, could handle, you know, beast graphics cards, you could use them right now? Well, yeah, of course you could. I mean, they do come with beast graphics cards because they're workstation graphics cards. Uh, it's really a driver issue. You're, you're going to have worse performance with a workstation graphics card than you will with a, like, I would say not not even enthusiast level graphics card just based off of what they're trying to do. Uh, it's like comparing apples and oranges. Uh, you're not trying to you're trying to render a detailed like uh, turbojet fan engine versus like okay, I need a lot of frames for uh, Killing something in Skyrim. I mean, there's there's a big difference in the right. two things. So, do you think that this means that um, VR is going to come to the Mac at some point? Uh, VR for the Mac, I think that's more of a software issue versus a, a hardware issue. Well, I thought Oculus said that no Macs could run like no Macs were powerful enough to run Oculus stuff. Well, that's clearly life. not true because the freaking the Pro could definitely do that. 
I mean, if you threw like boot camp on the pro, you'd be like, hey, guess what? I've got my VR ready set right there. That's that's yeah. a little malarkey. I think uh, Federighi actually mentioned VR in his thing, like in one of his quotes. Let me see if I can. Or AR, I guess. I mean, I, I guess they really just need to appease the developers, right? Because like, if developers need new hardware at some point, you know, you can only develop for Mac or for iOS on a Mac, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He said. I guess some the TechCrunch guy asked who exactly the pro customers are that need the more powerful GPU in a Mac Pro most, and he said. Craig Federighi replies, there are certain scientific loads that are very GPU intensive and they want to throw the largest GPU at it that they can. There are heavy 3D graphics or um, applications or graphics and compute mixed loads. Those can be in VR or in certain kinds of high-end cinema production tasks, blah, blah, blah. So he mentions VR kind of like just, you know, offhanded. But I guess my thing with VR is from the consumer standpoint. Right. If you were to like bring over something from the PC side and have it on Oculus, you'd probably be able to do it because of the fact that, you know, Steam is really all about their, like, Steam play. Like, hey, if you bought it for Mac, you can have it for PC. So for developers, it's like, okay, great. We spend a little bit X amount of time. Sure, we'll have it on both platforms. Who cares if it runs crappy on the Mac side because most of our sales are on the PC side, but we're giving this added benefit for, benefit for people who would be interested on a VR experience and have a Mac which I think may be sm- a smaller subset than the pro-like uh, user base, Mac VR. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> if you wanted VR, you would have already had a, a PlayStation v- VR or you would have already bought your PC, your gaming PC, because you were like, hey, I need to get that Vive or Oculus, which you could do both on the on the PC versus zero quote unquote on the mac even though you can if you boot camp what was that corsair you linked um a while ago do we talk talk about it on the show or was that just in like uh messages no the corsair one uh corsair's first foray into a boutique pc i mean it, it looks nice it looks nice it's one of those you're, you're buying it to be like more of a it's like a statement purchase because since they've done all of the water cooling themselves, it's not really meant for you to upgrade or make big changes past throwing in additional hard drives or swapping out the RAM. Um, right. But it looks really nice. And the price is pretty it's pretty legit. It's it's competitive. Yeah, have you seen this, Jason? Did you see it when Will sent the link? Or did maybe you only sent it to me? I don't no, know. No, we'll put it in the show notes. Okay, we'll put it in the show notes. Okay, well, one last thing I wanted to talk about. Um, did you guys see that there's that story where uh, Imagination Technologies, which apparently makes oh, GPUs. Yeah. Rip. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they said that they, they announced that Apple has in- informed them that I think within two years they would stop using them to develop the GPUs in their you know iPhones and iPads. And uh, their stock went down like 70% in, in one night or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the other day, like, so the Galaxy, the Samsung Galaxy S8 was just announced. And uh, I sent you guys a, a link just now. Uh, there's like a tweet. And you guys probably know way more about this than I do. But um, it was talking about like, I believe it's, the, the, it's like, a, like a benchmark chart. And it lists like, you know, performance and... I assume this is like single core performance because I know that iOS devices do really well in single core performance. But um, the Samsung Galaxy 8 ranks behind the you know, iPhone 7 Plus, iPhone 7, iPad Pro, but even behind like the iPhone 6S, which is, you know, all of those are running uh, Apple designed CPUs. Like, what do you think about, I guess, Apple's CPUs and, and how well they're doing? And then also, like, do you expect the same performance uh, or, you know, same outcome? If Apple were to design their own GPUs, uh, I mean, what benchmark is this? Like Geekbench or something? I would imagine it looks like Geekbench, and I would, would imagine it's single core. But like, I mean, the the tweet is from Jeff Atwood, and it says, "This is what the state of art performance looks like on Android for the rest of 2017." And it's basically saying how you know the the newest and the greatest Android phone right now is like behind uh, like an iPhone 6s, which is what two years old now. 
Yeah. Or a year and a half old. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, like, how, you know, synthetic benchmark or how, how is Geekbench? Uh, but I'm sure, you know, like, let's say we just use this kind of as a baseline. It's, yeah, I think it really shows Apple's advantage. And I think, you know, they've done a really good job with, like, their A-series chips. Um, and if they can do the same thing with, like, their GPU, I feel like this is, you know, this is why Apple is Apple. And, like, Samsung can try, like, on the exterior to, like, incorporate, like, you know, the aesthetic look. But ultimately, you're still reliant on, you know, Android. Uh, I guess they're trying the Tizen or whatever thing, their OS. But, you know, this is like Apple at its best. And that that's kind of like encapsulated in that in that little Geekbench thing. But do you believe this Geekbench? Th- I mean, I believe the, the benchmark scores, but like nobody really, like I don't really hear that many people saying that Android phones are significantly slower than iPhones, right? Yeah, so Especially that's why I'm, I'm yeah. just saying, you know, benchmarks. if you're looking like at synthetic, you know, like. Yeah, like maybe they just perform better on benchmarks, but they're not, you know, in the day-to-day experience, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. Right, right. Yeah, a synthetic test like that, I mean, like, who's going to be like, okay, grab your iPhone, you grab you grab your Galaxy, let's compute pi to the, like, 8,000, <laughs> like, 8, 8 millionth deci- 8, well, <laughs> 8 decimal place. Go, go. Who's faster? Have you seen those, like, videos where they, like, open up 20 apps in a row and, like, they cycle through twice and, you know, the iPhones always smoke the Android phones? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and do you actually use your phone like that? No, 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 I don't. I, I'm just saying, like, what do you guys think? Like, do you think that, like, that is, like, a legit test? Or do you think that's, like, attributable to, like, Android animation speeds or, you know, other things? Like, you know, I don't know, maybe developers are more focused on optimizing the iOS version than the Android version. So maybe it's not all Samsung's fault. Maybe it's I the think developer's fault. I think some of that is, uh, well, it's a little bit of developer's fault. But I also kind of think, like, hey, remember back when... Apple used to have the crappy screens versus Android. Like, I guess it's, it's pretty much oh. like it comes down to like what they're actually being used for. Like, if the performance is, we we shouldn't care about benchmarks. What's more important is I I'm really excited to see that Apple's going to try to bring uh, graphics processing in house, quote unquote, uh, with their own chip design uh, versus outsourcing it. Uh, that in in itself makes a. I wouldn't say Samsung should be worried. I would say, I would think Qualcomm may have to like think about some things, because um, hey, since this is an ARM derivative, what's to keep Apple from saying, hey, you know what, we're going to license out this uh, design to Android manufacturers as well, even though we're an iOS like only, we had iOS only in mind for this. I mean, that could change things. Um, I guess, long story short, is you can't really take a benchmark at, like, face value. I mean, have you really heard of someone with a top-of-the-line, like, Android phone say, oh, man, this is so slow. It's slower than no, my iPhone right. 6. Yeah. No, I, I haven't. And I, I'm a little skeptical when I saw this. Um, and then I just thought it was interesting. And then, like, obviously with the the news that Apple is going to also be designing its own GPUs in-house. Like, I wonder if this is actually going to translate into, like, a huge advantage for Apple, or is it, like, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal. I mean, I think it, I think it will. Just because if you look at, like, I think they're, like, if they can do what they did with their A-series chips, I think, like, those are awesome. Like, I, I think now, didn't they say, like, the, like the latest... A chip is like faster than like what's in the single core, or I mean the twelve inch MacBook. At, at single core performance, I think it is. At multi multi core performance, I think it still gets you know it's still behind. Yeah, but how crazy is that? Yeah, no, it's come a long way. But I I wonder like does that mean Samsungs or like you know whatever like the normal stock ARM chips are they not they're not at that level? I guess. I I don't I don't know where like the like where they fall behind like in terms of you know all of that stuff like chip design or you know if it's like software or I I don't know um, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah, I I just wonder if like if that's because ARM has gotten better and like I wonder what how much of a difference the Apple custom you know designs make like is it like they're just taking something and making it like twice as good. Or is it like, you know, 10% better? I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's true. I see what you're saying. That's a good question. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, we are way long. 
and I have to edit this, so we should cut it shorter. Actually, I have like five more topics I to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're done. Talk about all this other stuff. Yeah, no, we're <laughs> There's done. so much stuff left on our list. No, nothing. I'm going to erase it now. Oh, no. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> now I don't know what it is, so I guess we'll have to end. All right, we'll okay. do this again next week. Sounds good. All right, see ya. Bye. Right.